0: You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September, it's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout.
1: What's up, boys? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that'll wake you up. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're
1: feeling like we're all feeling the tiredness. Like I can tell. So Zach looks exhausted. Yeah, but he's back to school.
3: Twelve-hour days, baby, and <laughs> coaching football, and he
1: barely crawled in. Looks like he needs a nap. Yeah, I
2: could use a nap. Well, he yeah. came in here and he ate a whole pizza. Just, I mean, oh, that man, that I practice know. like wore him out.
3: Exactly, man. I had to like go one-on-one against a couple of like linemen. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. getting icy hot tonight. Did you make them
1: look like fools?
3: I did, but you know what? By like the fifth rep, they're getting it. <laughs> They are stopping me. I wasn't going through that hole
2: anymore. Yeah. Have you but grabbed anyone by the helmet to yell at them yet? You know, no, shake I them around.
3: I tried to do that. But you'd be surprised how many seventh graders come up and are like, my helmet's too tight. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'd slap them on the side of the head. and like, good, let's go. No. Go we, run a lap. No, we, we try to make sure everybody's helmet fits well. Um, but like, do you guys remember, I don't know if you played football, but like mm-hmm. that first time you put on a helmet, it feels tight. You know, like in order for it to be safe, it is. And it's uncomfortable for about two weeks but then you know then it starts to fit yeah so they're just learning that but other than that man it was a blast like i absolutely loved it i loved being out there on the field with the students and they're man they're they're excited you could just tell yeah
1: so do your classroom students now call you coach adair
3: uh they can some of them do because i teach a different grade than i coach uh, like, a lot of them aren't familiar with that aspect of it. So,
1: it's- so you're coaching 7th grade. Yeah. So, you're coaching your students from last year.
3: Yes, and so that's kind of fun, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and a little bit of 8th grade. Cool. Yeah. So, boys, what are we going to talk about? This? Oh, l- l- let me do this first. I'm Landon. Hi, Landon. <laughs> we have Zach. Hi, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Gabe. Hi, Gabe. Hi, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you guys were wondering who we are, that's us. And... Gabe, who's our interview later? Uh, Tim Scott.
2: Yeah, Tim Scott from Tiethon. So if you guys tie, start start getting your vices one up. Even if you for don't donations.
1: tie, this is a great opportunity this is to is a learn.
2: Very cool opportunity. Uh, the Tieathon is a, and we'll talk about it later. But the tiethon is just you know donations. It goes to good causes, and you know you're tying a hundred flies as a donation of a single pattern, and um, and yeah, it's just it's a really cool organization. Been while, around for, what, 15, 16 years now, I think is what Yeah, 16. Um, but, yeah. Gabe, that's a good
1: teaser. They can If yeah. they want to hear more, they'll yeah. have to wait till Keep the end going. of the podcast. It was a
2: great, a great interview. Yeah.
1: enjoyed it. Zach, did you bring the drink today? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking credit for it? No, I'm not taking credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, we're in the summer of mixing. <laughs> summer of <laughs> mixing. Yeah, yeah, yeah we kind of... And, Zach, This might be
3: the last time of summer mixing because school
1: started. <laughs> 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 so, Zach, what trash did you bring us today i didn't it bring didn't it, it. <laughs> <are> you're <guys,
2: laughs> booking on zach why you oh you
1: brought it i'm gonna yeah keep, you didn't know no, Zach, no. you go ahead uh, yeah, I'm not, oh, yeah no, <laughs> Nor- i really didn't bring it oh yet. normally you bring the canned drinks that's why i was well you brought the one last week but <laughs> way off. no zach why did you bring yeah, this exactly. piece of crap he's beating me down about it i'm like yeah. no i didn't pick this so out. i was in a hurry getting over
2: here and ran into specs real quick and i saw something that's probably been there for a while that i've seen it in like <laughs> Hey, it's got a cool picture of pineapples and stuff. Yeah. And uh, Midnight Painkiller. Like, oh, yeah, heck yeah, I'm solid. I just missed the part where it said hard kombucha. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so we are trying June Shine Midnight Painkiller Hard Kombucha. And um, I'm never going to do this again, for sure.
1: No, it's Is this the worst drink we've had on the podcast? No.
2: I think the the blueberry dog. I would say that was probably that worse. was up there.
1: Yeah, that was that was.
2: Probably I can get through this because because of the the a little bit of the flavor profile that's kicking out. It, uh, it, it, yeah, the yeah, On what, the box. <laughs> yeah. what, okay, what flavor so, profile so is that, gay? <laughs> it says inside <laughs> coconut, pineapple, orange, nutmeg, green tea, and kombucha. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, the first, the smell, what you get on the nose, is a pungent uh, cat urine. <laughs>
3: With a tiny hint of
2: apple. <laughs> With a tiny hint of apple. Yeah. But
3: apple isn't even on the list
2: of what could be in it. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't smell coconut. I don't smell pineapple. But hard... Uh, dog, puppy, cat urine mixed. Yeah, hits A- you hard. Apple piss. Very pungent. <laughs> yeah. pungent. Uh, on the on the mouth, the the mouth feel. Uh, it's it, it, sparkling. It changes flavors like six times.
3: Hmm.
2: It does. I wish you that you didn't have to put your nose <laughs> by the opening to drink it. <laughs> Because it, it it definitely hits like someone's peed themselves. If you plug your nose and you drink <laughs> it, yeah. If you better? plug, yeah. I mean, let's try it. <laughs> no, no. Kind no, of it's, it's it's worse. It's worse.
3: <laughs> it's
4: worse. I, <laughs> I think it's, it's, worse. No, it's you almost worse. think it's better. It's, it's like you almost get the bad flavor when yeah, you do that. If
2: you cut the smell, if you cut the smell, the the taste on it is almost like a dry cider, dry either pear or apple cider. Um, and yeah,
3: that's, it's actually sweet and refreshing yeah, it's, at first. Yeah, it's
1: sweet and refreshing. Now, when you, when you drink, the, there's like a moment where it tastes okay. Yeah. And then when you swallow it, yeah. it is the... It's awful. It's awful. Yeah, the yeah. lingering, flavor, the lingering flavor that stays. Now, Zach made a
2: really good point. Uh, Zach, on the top of the can, what are the instructions? Okay, well... They're also
3: upside down. Yeah, so, yeah, half of the can the cans upside down. The other half is right side up. You know, uh, It says flip can to activate. So we all flipped, right? And once you flip it, then the opening is now on
2: the bottom of the can. Mm-hmm. However,
3: there are no more instructions <laughs> after yeah. that
2: point. Zach was holding his, his can upside down for a good 10 minutes going, like, how am I supposed to open this? Yeah, like, what's the next
3: step? I can't get into it now.
2: You yeah. know, If I open it, <laughs> it's just going to pour in my lap. I don't know <laughs> how I'm supposed to drink it.
1: So, no you flip it upside down over the trash can and you open it right and it pours or in did the it trash come
3: in. with like you know like a beer barring tube in the case mm-hmm yeah you hold it upside down right. shove that guy up there and you just pound it real hard
1: yeah it's
2: a very dry cider taste to it that your the back half is just rough but it's it's weird it kind of reminds me how I mean the other one was better but the 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 uh, uh, the cast and blast that we had or the the, um, Dew and bush, brew. the do and brew. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of had that, that with the bubbly and the sweet. And then, you know, you, you couldn't kind of tell what this is, but or couldn't tell what it was at the Mountain Dew. Was it the beer? There's fighting with each other. This is just in between dry cider and cat piss. They're just fighting it's, with each other. It's,
3: it's nothing is as mi- as mixing. It is just like, oh, like, Everybody, we all took a sip and we we're like, oh, that's not bad. And then it immediately Boom. hit you of like, no, this is the worst thing I've ever had in my mouth. Um, yeah, not great.
1: We should have save those reactions for the podcast. Yeah, it yeah, was, I know. It
2: was funny because we have yet to have something that, where we were that talkative on something. And yeah, kicking myself now that we didn't wait until doing it. Because I think that would have been the only, because there was at least 10 minutes of just questioning our life choices up until this point. I don't even know why time. we're still
1: drinking it. I if I don't. I'm being it's honest. it's
2: weird. It's just like it's such a weird taste that you're just like because it's summer of mixing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good to know. Um, I plan to um. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that other can. Give it to someone I don't like, I guess. What right,
1: are the we gonna do? The ca- when are we gonna do? The Baja Cast and Blast. Ooh, oh, is that going to do, do
2: those? blast?
1: Yeah, Baja Blasting Cast. Yeah. Okay, but they don't what?
2: sell. They don't sell the bottles of. Baja? Do they?
1: No, we. I have to go to Taco Bell and okay, get it get and like a big,
3: in a big thing, in
1: a big cup, yep. and then bring it back. And, and what do we
3: mix it with? Uh, vodka?
1: No, we, no, no,
3: no. The
2: the the Bush 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 Light. Maybe we should mix it with like a tequila though. Okay, well, why don't we do? Oh, that? yeah, let's do our own. Like guys, let's get crazy.
3: Yeah, let's let's make like a honey hole drink. Yeah. Mountain Dew Baja Blast and like tequila. Yeah, vodka. Okay, let's save that Ooh, for next week. Because
2: that week. let's let's let is. Can we say that next week is going to be our last summer of mixing? Yeah, yeah. Let's go out with a bang with a Baja bang, and Baja bang. we'll do the bush. I'll get bush, and we'll do we'll get tequila. We'll try it all ways. We'll probably have to get three large sodas. Okay. Of Baja blast, or just you know, bring our own cups and see if they fill it up. And, yeah. And then mix it around and just just give us the syrup.
3: And we'll go get our nice. own carbonated
1: we'll water. <laughs> <laughs> just give us the box. I'll take my Yeti gallon jug and just fill it up with oh, yeah. a Baja just Blast. That. Yeah. That's what
3: we got to do. Hey, you know what? The Yeti bucket's food safe. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh. There you go.
3: Let's go fill that gallon.
1: Then bit. we can do like a, uh, like a kitchen sink. Oh man, we, we, we could, could mix do,
3: every. We could just do Baja Blast, Bush, and vodka yeah. and tequila yeah, all in I'm the saying, same like, bucket. Yeah,
2: yeah. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. You're like a real trash can. That's like a Baja Blast and go to jail for a
3: <laughs> month. It does. I know, right? It's cool. Baja end up on cops. <laughs> Somebody's got to go drive me home.
2: Oh, can I, ma- I want to be in know. your class the next day when you're yelling at kids, like, stop, don't talk to me. Don't. Just go, Don't Especially when you've got to blow Turn your whistle. Turn the lights off. Yeah, <laughs> blow my whistle and be like, like exactly. Throwing up on the sidelines. It's right. hot, guys. I'm sorry. It's just hot. Is <laughs> why is it's just hot. Why is it all blue? <laughs> it was Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, it's Gatorade. <laughs> Gatorade. <laughs> it's oh it's yeah, like man. teal and foamy. is <laughs> the best color when you're out
3: there. Nobody knows what it is. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, no. Exactly, man. They don't like gummies, so they're like, you know. Ugh. Just ate a whole bunch of
1: So I bought a fly tying toy this weekend. Ooh. What? Yeah. It's okay. a. Uh, oh, yeah. Airbrush. Air compressor. Oh, an air compressor! I, I was do. bummed out because
2: he texted me he was getting it, but I don't have that Copic, Copics, whatever canister. Okay, mm. so, so it's
3: like if you want to put like
2: tiny tires on a fly. No, no. no okay,
1: no, no, no. so let me let me <laughs> walk you through it. But I can yeah, see you how you would it. think that. You got, yeah,
2: it. yeah. They don't call it AAA; they call it AA. Just yeah, like short yeah it.
3: exactly. You
1: got it. So I have a Copic airbrush. Okay, I know, right? And a Copic, 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 whatever. And it's an airbrush that you use their markers to airbrush. And so you don't have to do the whole paint, mixing paint thing to do a traditional airbrush and then have all the cleaning. And it's like a huge setup, a pain in the butt. You pop a marker in, you push the trigger, and it airbrushes. There's a
2: little air nozzle right by where it's holding the, the tip m- of the pin. so it's Marker. Or the marker. So it's it'll, the air shoots out hits the marker, and sprays whatever ink is off the so marker. So you guys
3: don't mix Kool-Aid with, like, candle wax no. for your colors? No.
2: Oh.
1: No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you just <make> it, just <laughs> making colors. Making I mean, colors. It's
3: pigment, right? Yeah, it's pigment. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, you know, Neanderthals. You mean you yeah. guys don't
2: get Indian paintbrushes and just put them in a mortar? And right.
3: Like the old school? No, yeah. we don't.
2: Yeah, Kool Aid
1: and a little bit of candle wax. Man, that'll, that'll stick to anything. So, this airbrush uses air cans that you can buy. Mm-hmm. And basically, you can airbrush. But basically, I'm getting into airbrush poppers. Yeah. Like nice. paint them green, yeah. whatever, for frogs or whatever. So, the cans are really expensive and they're hard to find right now. Yeah. And you only get like on the small cans, the small cans are $15 and you get five to eight minutes of spray time, which is not a lot when you think about it. So then I was like, hmm, if I get an air compressor, then I basically one large cost and I could use it indefinitely basically. Wait, what do you mean? So the
2: so there's two versions of this. There's okay. one that I have where you buy the aerosol can and you screw it in to the little apparatus to to do the spray, okay. right? And and you use it. And when you're done with that can, that's it. You got to unscrew the can off and throw it away. Right. Landon's, has he has the other version where... Where I can do a can, can and, or... Yeah, or uh, it comes with a secondary can that you can plug in a motor uh, air compressor. And that's when in, you put the pin in there. Yeah. Yeah, same okay. thing. They both do the same thing. They it's both do the same
1: thing. They both are pin operated. It's just... One allows
2: to use an air compressor and not have to buy... New cans of aerosol. Oh, okay, gotcha.
3: Yeah,
1: so
2: that's what's hard to find right now is the aer- aerosol so cans.
3: cans. Yeah.
1: And they're expensive. They're like fifteen bucks oh, a pop. Dude, you're so expensive. So I went to Harbor Freight, bought an airbrush air compressor for eighty nine dollars. Nice. And I'm gonna start airbrushing poppers.
3: Did you guys ever do that one when you were kids? You know, like in the '90s infomercial, where, like you put the the marker in your mouth and you blow real hard and then like it would spurt.
1: Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it oh, okay. be. to yeah, yeah. be like that.
3: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you remember the little? I forget what they're called now. And I wish I had some, man, because those are things that were a blast. I would get crazy. With I
1: them. have not thought about those in fifteen years, probably. Yeah,
3: but you remember like the commercial yeah. exactly now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you put it in your mouth. Oh, like blow pens or something like that. Or something like a very basic name.
1: Yeah. Maybe we need to get those and tie flies with them. Oh
3: man, I could tie up some bomb flies <laughs> with a blow pen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what happened to Zach? Oh, you passed out because he was just blowing <laughs> yeah, too hard on you. Blowpin inhaling markers. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Blow I'm trying to look at it okay, all right. Blow pin. It's, they got them at Walmart for 19 bucks. Are they still making those things? Amazon has it has it for $15. Blow airbrush pins. And it's exactly that. It looks like a pin. Uh it's got ink on one side. And then it cho- there's a little, like, 8-year-old that literally looks like he's inhaling drugs, but it's him spitting out or blowing out on the pin uh, itself. It looks, right? like, he's it, it, it looks yeah. like he's snorting oh, yeah. a line of coke. It looks like he's snorting a line of coke. No, for sure.
3: Yeah, you guys want to see something that's real, like bring it real back, right? Mr. Bucket? No, what is this? Oh, oh that's, that's is that it? That's the blowpin guy. Dude, that's crazy. And he's did, got the Did stencils. you guys ever
1: order any uh, infomercial toys?
3: Nope. I got uh, zoo books for a while.
1: Yeah, um, or Are they called or like highlights? highlights. I, I don't remember those. Zoomimals
2: animals. Oh, it was like did it had like the the little the little uh hologram that like turned or or it was like an animal or a kid that turned into an animal? No, you think of animals. Oh, I know. Those are books. I'm talking about <laughs> the. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the little magazine books that just had like a picture of an orangutan on the front. <laughs> <laughs> and what does set orangutan do? Is it just there, just like. It's just the magazine. It's like what it you... Is a magazine or a folder? It's not gonna dance. It's just a piece of paper. And you paid for that? Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> your parents paid for that? Yeah, man, that was great. I don't know, but I think I'm getting these blow pins. This could, this could be a good YouTube video. <laughs> this is pretty neat. Airbrush yeah, guys, opens.
3: Zoo Books. Look, see? Look at that thing. Doesn't that bring you back? Don't you remember those?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So was it just a magazine you could read? Yeah. Huh. But it
3: was called Zoo Books. It had pictures on the front. Sometimes orangutans. Sometimes like Is rhinos. that what
1: got your interest in creatures? Probably so guys
3: there's only two that's that's my little thing we should make a little tiny like kids book called like boo books there's <laughs> only like, <little>, with <laughs> with, uh, with cryptids yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's only two left there's only two left in stock of these blow pins and i think i'm
1: going to buy one get it live on the podcast it's on amazon well,
3: and then see. we'll have a competition <laughs> blow pins versus coopick uh, <laughs> 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 It'll
4: be so out of shape, it's like oh,
2: coughing man. up. I don't know if I can do that through practice, oh, guys. But I don't it, have lung capacity. It washes off skin and most types of fabric, so I'm I'm assuming that first we'll time to that s-
1: thing goes for a dunk in the river to fish, all the ink's just gonna. Well, unless you, hey, mm, not if you mixed
3: with
2: some candle wax.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's
2: this, this is cool. It's got it's got your regular colors, and it's yeah, it's gonna be washable. That's not gonna hold up in the water. But it, but you could you could put like epoxy over it. I mean, I'm still gonna. I would like to try it.
1: Yeah, order them, Gabe. Okay, we'll see. We'll blow pin some flies. I'm trying to look at the reviews. They're pretty high. Yeah, because the reviews say kept my kid occupied for four hours, and I got to actually do what I want. Exactly. None of those are fly time reviews.
3: You know, having like a unibrow. See, yeah.
1: So maybe
2: that's what we do. We we, we a crappy review and we're like, this would not work for fly time. (laughs) (laughs) It washed off immediately (laughs) in the river. Oh, there, well, there's one. Here's a negative review, but it's in Spanish, and I can't read Spanish. So, there you go. Don't let the name fool you. Did you <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Did you pick up on the tone? Did I do one? <laughs> Did <laughs> you pick up, pick up on the tone? <laughs> I. It said los. I got that <laughs> far. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's some other words with a bunch of Es and S's and Is and random squigglies that I have never heard of. Zach, how was the baseball game? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah.
3: We went to uh, Denver the weekend before
2: school started. I know that's what I was like when you told us last week. I was like, man. "Oh man, are you sure?" So, yeah, man. Talk about the trip and I wanted to know how the first day went coming off that trip oh, it was. Oh, we actually got back around
3: 4 on Sunday. Oh, okay, not bad. Yeah, so not bad at all. We actually were able to like decompress and everything before um the first day. But it was such a fun game. I mean, Colorado this time of year can be really hot, but it was like high of 80, really nice at night. It rained a little bit at the game, but not bad. Um so we saw the Giants play the Rockies. I'm a big Giants fan. And it was such a fun game. The people around us were mostly Giants fans. And, like, we were all just having, like, the time of our lives. Like, making jokes with everybody around us. Like, just having a great time. But The weirdest thing is, like, four people who are around us had, like, connections to tech. And they didn't know each other. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, like, somebody was, like, living there. Somebody was born there. And it was just, like, everybody had, like, a weird story about tech. Um but it went to extra innings, and Giants ended up losing, okay. but it was still a really fun trip. We had a good time.
2: How do you feel about uh, Titus getting booted kind of for the rest of the year after seeing him, you know, a couple of weeks ago? Oh, yeah. With his negative test. Oh, oh, Tatis. Yeah, Tatis, I'm sorry. Oh, I was like, Titus. i right yeah, Tatis. Yeah,
3: uh, <clears throat> yeah, so he suspended 80 days because he took a anabolic steroid. Um... Do you believe his story? No, you shouldn't because the drug... <laughs> Here's a funny thing. Uh, so he said that he took a drug for... A tapeworm. Ring, for or ring, ringworm. Ringworm, right? Um, and he said that it had this uh, that steroid in it. Little did he know that it was actually a different chemical was in this ringworm drug. It's very similar. They're spelled almost identical, but they're actually completely different uh, things. So he lied by saying, like, oh, guys, the only reason why I tested positive for this was because it was in this uh, ringworm medication I took. And people were like, that ringworm medication doesn't even have that <laughs> steroid in it. It has a different C-lettered word in it, you know? And – uh so he was like, oh. I well. didn't
1: hear about that. That's fantastic.
3: Yeah, and then his dad, Tatis's dad, was like, um, actually, what happened is he went and got a haircut, and he got a rash, and so he took he got a cream, and that's where he got it. And people were like, dude, just, like, fess up. Like, okay, you were injured for a long time. You probably took something, you know, whether it was to heal quicker. Trying to rehab quicker. Yeah, exactly.
1: Wasn't happy with his performance or his timeline of right. rehab, and he's like, oh, if I take a steroid, that'll help.
2: I'm disappointed because he was a fun player to watch. Um, Played a lot of people in the Padres organization. Like, when he gets back, this is this yeah. is it. Well, I mean, this like, yeah, kinda...
3: Soto, Manny Machado, like, they are ready to go the second he gets back. Um, so, you know, I would wish that in this day and age we wouldn't have to worry about people taking PEDs. You would think that they would literally check every single thing they put into their body. But, you
2: know,
1: well, I mean, like, I guess.
2: I mean, look at us. We're putting this crap in our body, right? right. now. What do you Who guys think
1: about this? Is. I heard a stand-up comedian's take <clears throat> on Peds, and his take was, "Let everybody use everything," because I want to see the very best of what. Of, yeah. Of. of
2: <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The Sosa McGuire days. I mean, that was fun to watch. Barry fun. Bonds, fun to watch. That was fun. You know, watching uh, watching Lance Armstrong win all those Tour de Frances, right? Tour de Frances. Yeah, exactly. that's fun. In fact, I was watching dodgeball last night. Ray <laughs> oh. tells the floor. He was all like, "You know, I didn't quit after getting brain, testicular, and everything else cancers." So yeah. I- <laughs> we
1: uh, we watched dodgeball this weekend too. Heck it was yeah, fantastic. Oh. I haven't watched that. In long There's so many good like little jokes that I've never picked up on. Yeah, that I picked up on now that as I'm like a little more bit older. Adult. Yeah. yeah, I need to watch Me it. Me and McKenna yeah. like we loved it. Yeah, I saw it last night. It was solid. But yeah, I mean that would be—I don't know—it would be
2: fun. But it's been—it's been fun to watch some players, especially like uh, uh, the Angels guy, Uh Otani. Otani? yeah. Oh man, you know. Been, and well,
3: Aaron Judge before the Yankees yeah. had a big
2: slip, but
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, so there's there's still there's still some, but it's just like not those races like they used to be. <laughs> However, did you
3: see the news today? The Angels are actually going to uh, start looking into selling the franchise. The owners. Eh. How much? Billions uh, of dollars. Uh, honey hole money. Honey oh, hole money yeah, no. oh boy <laughs> man honey awesome. hole crew
1: is a <laughs> owner of a baseball team and then we also have a fishing podcast exactly kombucha night here we <laughs> come <laughs> first 1000 fans it's Get a, a can, a can, free can of kombucha. Free alcoholic kombucha no yeah. but just in case of
2: june uh, shine is is listening we we will take anything that you like <laughs> if you want to uh, go ahead and also
3: uh, have any suggestions to make it better <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, pour it out. Yeah. Is yeah. that what we should do? I don't know. This might clean whatever pipes you guys have got in the, in the house. Mean, you know what? I actually like kombucha, though. I've never had it. Oh. So I couldn't tell you Like, it's what it is. It's pretty good. Is, I is mean, it like this? Is there like a random... I don't think after-paced? I've ever really had it. I mean, kombucha. there's different flavors of it. Uh... Now, we just had uh, pizza from Little Caesars, and now I feel like with this, I thought it was like a digestive thing as well. I'm kind of concerned about what I'm the drive home. I'm worried my stomach So it's is actually, explode. it just
3: promotes positive gut health. It doesn't okay. throw so much bacteria in your stomach that you're just going to be like pooping your brains out for days. You know, you're going clean it out. But
1: do you they know. consider having Little Caesars pizza? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Zach, <laughs> you and right I have before. to drive home.
2: <laughs> Landon just gets to roll in the bathroom exactly.
1: here. And let's just say there was an emergency that was going to happen in five minutes that hit all three of us at the same time. There's only two toilets in the house.
3: Did you get a big backyard?
1: Yeah. I don't I don't look like Cliff.
2: I need I need a proper toilet. <laughs> I guess I'll use the, the, the tub. He's got some buckets in there. <laughs> well I've used the bucket. Okay. I can handle it. The Eddie yeah. bucket's food safe, apparently.
1: It's food safe. <laughs> but maybe not half of that. <laughs> Did you mix Gatorade in that?
2: <laughs> Did you? I cleaned it out. I cleaned it.
1: <laughs> Did you do anything in Colorado other than go to the baseball we game? We were there
3: so sh- like for such a short amount of time. We literally Flew in at midnight on Friday, woke up, we did go to brunch with, like, my brother and my uh, mom and stepdad, and then pretty much after that, we, like, went back to his apartment, walked his dog, and then went to the game. The game started at 6, and we got, like, a drink before, and it was good. Nice. And then we woke up that morning and left, like,
1: at 7. Yeah. So... No fishing. You didn't sneak some fishing into your Colorado No, trip. that
3: was one thing I wish. But also, I was not wanting to extend that trip. I was yeah. just like, I want to go for the game, see some family, but at the same time, like, I need to get back to get ready for the first day. Yeah, yeah.
1: You went fishing the weekend before, though.
3: I did. Yes. So I actually went fishing twice that uh, the weekend before. Um, John, a buddy of mine, who we have been fishing quite a lot this summer, um, he is also a teacher, and he was like, "Hey, let's have one last hoorah before." Uh, the first day of school. And I was like, let's do it. You know, so we had plans to go. And then Kendall told me, she was like, oh, like I wanted to go on that Sunday with you. You know, and I was like, tell you what, me and you can go Saturday night and then also go with John on Sunday. And so, Kendall and I went Saturday night. We didn't do great. We probably caught five or six fish between us. Okay. Um, a few panfish. I think we both caught one bass. Um, and then the next morning though, I went out with John and dude, we just, we killed it. We caught probably 35, 40 fish. Um, probably actually we probably caught more than that because we both probably caught 12 to 15 bass and, um, on a mix of stuff, right? Like we were throwing streamers, we were throwing, um, poppers, we were throwing, um, you know those like little foam minnows that are like kind of like a little curve shape. Yep. Yep. So we were throwing those wiggle bugs. Dude, those things killed it. Really. Yeah,
1: wiggle bugs are great. Yeah, they're like
3: the perfect size. Man, they were just so. Like cil- <laughs> it's a it's the
1: cylinder of uh, foam. Nope, it's flat foam. Okay. It uh you uh that is like bent up and down like a gurgler, but instead of folding it back and tying it in, yeah, you punch a hole through the middle of the foam, and it's pointed down into Got the water. It. What's it called again? It's like a wiggle minnow. Wiggle minnow, okay. We need to tie some of those up for the YouTube.
3: Well, mine was like more of a cylinder.
1: Oh, uh, was yours
2: a cylinder? Yeah, but it was kind of like bent. I've seen them both. Wa- uh, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. I have to say, I've seen the one with the cylinder, and the cylinder isn't straight. In the middle, it's kind of humped exactly. forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah So yeah. we were throwing those, and dude, we killed it. And John, he hooked into
3: probably the biggest bass I've seen on the quad. Like, I kid you not. It was a huge, large mouth. Size estimation? Um, okay. So, that's the thing. He fought it for a while. And it was like hugging the bottom. And I was like... You sure it was not a catfish? No, no. So, that's... Okay. I was like... That's my thought. I was like, maybe that's a catfish. But we were throwing poppers, right? Like tiny poppers. Yeah. And I'm like, that'd be weird. So, it's hugging. He's fighting it pretty well. And then all of a sudden, he gets it to pull up. That thing... Comes out of the water, right? Lunges up, and it was a large mouth. It probably got that far out of the water, hey. and probably still had a good maybe thirty to forty percent of its body in the water. And, still. and
2: I know you guys can't see, but Zach's literally a uh, five foot difference between his two fingers. It's his two hands. On, yeah, I mean, like how high this fish? It's turned. the Nessie of the quad. <laughs> you know,
3: um, no. But as it as it uh, hops out of the water. The hook pops out. Ooh. And like, literally, it was like at his thigh. The fish was like touching him. And it comes out. The hook pops out. And did I, he have the leader? He did touch the leader. So okay. I told him. Okay. I told him I was like, dude, that's a fish caught. Yeah. But he was still so upset. It's, it's really not. He was like, he was like, dude, he it was is like, like, I've like, never wanted a fish more. I have never know. wanted a
1: picture of a fish more leadering a fish quote unquote counts but it never feels like it counts. It never feels like so it So it doesn't count. No. It doesn't. I mean if you don't feel like it counts then it doesn't count. Yeah. Okay that's all that matters. Yeah.
3: So yeah so I felt bad for him just because of that. I mean, Sorry I'm giving you a dirty look because I'm
1: still drinking this can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah you did give me a dirty look. I was like. <laughs> I was like alright whatever no. Gabe's like I've leadered plenty of
2: fish that I counted and and I, only I don't feel bad about it yeah. hey, when you're a nymph you have no fly line it's
1: all leaders I don't want to <laughs> touch those slimy scales Yeah, <laughs> he, he Gabe LDRs all of his fish <laughs> just, yeah.
3: in fact he just takes his nippers and cuts, cuts them right it right there
1: <laughs> that's why he ties up Hot. so many flies Hot. Hot. Done. you just grab the leader and yep. give it slack so and it I don't even out. have
2: to reach the leader outside of the, uh, of the rod because you're using a 25 foot <laughs> You mean? know, leader, so I can just grab it right above my hand, and it's landed fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hashtag your own Hashtag your so, Well, yeah.
3: that
1: sounds like a good day. Is that that spot you've been going to?
3: Yeah. Which yeah. we will go. We need to go. We need to go. Because it's like fantastic. It's like one of the only spots in the Guad that's holding a good amount
1: of water. Let's do it. I fished with Grant on Sunday. How'd that go? It was great. We took his boat out on Canyon Lake y'all see anything cool uh, well I caught one bass okay so let's just get the fishing aspect out there okay uh, caught one bass we got rained on a bit okay um, but you know lakes are kind of hard like I'm not fishing lakes isn't my favorite because you got to know the lake you know Grant is doing a great job of learning it and be like hey I catch fish here this is what we do and like he's figuring out but lakes just take so much longer to learn um, we there was one moment that was funny. Um there was like on the bank, there was like an animal, and he's like, Hey, is that like a baby fox or oh, like a baby I thought, deer? I the animal was talking. No, no, he's like, <laughs> Hey, is that is that like a baby fox or baby deer? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that looks like two raccoons. Uh oh. And I he's like, No, 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 no. That's that's a baby deer. And I'm like, dude, I'm a hundred percent sure those are two raccoons. Well, we were l- both looking at different sets of animals like 20 feet apart from each other. <laughs> there was a baby deer and there were two <laughs> raccoons, but we both thought each other were crazy for like two minutes. <laughs> we were arguing back and forth. How the hell do you
3: think thinking, that's a I raccoon? Was like,
1: I was like, dude, how, how do you not see those? Like those are two raccoons. They're moving in opposite shoreline? directions. There's no way that's a deer. And he's like, no, it's a baby deer. I'm like, dude are your glasses on or <laughs> 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 we went back and forth and we finally decided to go closer. And I think, uh, at one point one of us caught the other ones like, Oh dude, we're not even looking at the same animal. Oh man. That's, dude, that's crazy. Funny. Yeah. Um, and then we went to a be- there's this uh, lunch spot on the lake where you can actually like just pull your boat over and go to lunch. Oh, nice. That's cute. And, uh, you can dock it there and then walk up to the restaurant. We did that. That was cool. Had burgers overlooking the lake. And, uh, yeah, it was a good day. I took the drone out, and it was weird because I was like, man, I'm going to get some sweet footage of your boat running on the lake. And, like, at our level, there was no wind, but I took the drone up to get, like, a good shot, and apparently the wind above us was just howling, and the drone was just fighting fighting it hard. And then I got the footage back, and the footage is not great. Not great. It was kind of weird flying it because the drone was struggling but it was one of those it was weird because we're like it doesn't feel windy but then the drone is just getting pushed all over the place um but yeah so that was cool we had a good time man just hanging out i mean the half the time like the best parts of fishing is just hanging out with somebody getting to know them, having the conversation we had great conversations on the boat talked about all kinds of stuff and uh just had a good time so yeah, I'm trying to trying to sneak out
2: here pretty soon, but I don't know. We had so much stuff going on. With you had your and,
1: second oh. shift at Orvis. Yeah, I had my second
2: shift at Orvis, Yay. which was good. Which was great. Yeah, Did you sell anything cool. Well, it was weird because like the day started off like we got some rain. Sundays are weird days. Yeah, it, we got some rain, and in, in the retail, much like fast food world, if it rains and it's nasty weather, people are going to come. They're just like really, yeah. It's just the weirdest thing. Like you could have crappy weather outside, people are gonna show you up. You think it'd be the opposite, uh, exactly, but that's not the case. <laughs> I guess people don't want to go out anywhere,
3: so they're just like, I get yeah, and, and they're ready, gonna so.
2: stay longer because obviously they driven to get there to get out of the rain, yeah, they're and committed. they're mid now, yeah, and they're gonna stay there longer because they don't want to leave because it's raining outside. They don't want to run the car, but it didn't. It didn't rain very much. Rained maybe for like fifteen minutes, good downpour. Um, yeah, had some cool customers. Pretty pretty straightforward day. Nothing nothing too crazy. And um, yeah, again, left home with my paycheck in a bag. So, you know, bought a bunch of stuff. Oh, I was like, "Where does he mean paycheck and a you?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: he yeah. just gave it to him like. That's cash. a good looking Orvis shirt you're wearing, game. <laughs> Hell yeah, like I that. noticed that too.
2: Yeah. man, that looks good. Nothing like yeah. the first day going and dropping 150 bucks yeah. on on clothes. I'm so like, I money. need a new wardrobe for work now. Yeah. I've
1: yeah. saved so much money since I stopped working there.
2: Oh yeah, it's so easy because do. you don't have like to buy anything there. Yeah, I'm like walking billboard now. It was fun. It was just completely, completely night and day difference from the bigger box store stuff. So. It was fun, fun talking to customers. Guy brought in some really cool stuff, brought in really cool uh, uh, fly rod, uh, glass rod. Um, I think we had another guy brought in another glass rod last week, too. So, it was cool,
1: yeah, just cool talking to people. And Have you seen the new glass rod Orvis put yeah, out? Yeah, it was yeah. pretty. I like the color Ooh, on it. Oh, boy, they look good.
2: Yeah, they do look nice. And believe me, uh, Donna was trying to sell me on. on Is the, the 2 weight still there? Yeah. She's like, you do need one. She's like asking me what, doing a perfect job selling. Like, what kind of rods do you have? I was like, I have this, I have that, and that. But you don't have a glass you two You don't <laughs> have a glass two weight and I'm like, God damn it. No, I, no, no, I don't. <laughs> don't. So yeah.
1: No, we have there's a glass two weight there I that thought. I'm like, ooh. I touched it. And I already I have had a two weight reel. Is so new I'm one? like I wouldn't have to buy the reel. Yeah, the new fiberglass.
2: And I hadn't thrown Orvis stuff in a while. And so, you know, I went outside for a little bit and threw through some of the the other rods. Um and they're nice. They're really nice. They cast really nice. The uh uh Helios. I think I did the three D. What weight. Well, a five. Just threw on a five and cast. It. And I was like, man, this is nice. It's a nice run. that I don't know if I need or not. Did you get it?
1: Oh, man, need no, no, and no. want. That's a fine that line. Two eight, though, yeah, that 2 weight though. No,
2: that 2 that, eight's that's a need. 2-8, yeah. So, I don't know. There's still time. I just started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start planning it out, man.
2: Yeah, start planning it out. So How many times you have to work before you can get it? Well, But that's the problem now. It's like when when I decide to go fishing, I'm like, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do two-handed microspec? Is it your own You I almost have too many options. That's, yeah, and, and you have too many options that work in what we have around here. You yeah. can throw a six-weight. Oh, I can throw bigger stuff on the six-weight. You weight. can throw a four-weight. Yeah. And I'm right. And I usually, usually, 90% of the time, I'm throwing that four-weight. But I am just I made that mistake. I kind of got into too much niche stuff.
1: Dude, I'll tell you what. I fished the deer hair bugs yeah. that uh, Ryan gave us. Ooh. I'll show them to you, Zach. Those Those on the lake. Oh, my gosh, Money. dude. I didn't catch a bass on it, but if I took that fly to, like, any river, I would have cleaned up. Like, this perfect – they're a deer head divers. Yeah. So they just barely dive down, but they – Like, big gold, Yeah. And you're like, oh, Cause my gosh. Because they got gosh. that front
2: head, but then they have that high – That little, that like
1: high mohawk. Wall, yeah. Side mohawk thing oh, going dude. on. Dude, yeah.
2: Yeah. Dude, yeah, you got to show me them because I
3: like sound. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, We had some articles. What do you guys, uh, Zach, what do you got for us? I think it's a neat things in nature.
3: Neat things in nature.
1: How neat is that? That's pretty neat.
3: Yes. Oh, well, I liked where I had it and it's (laughs) zoo books. So give me a second to pull it up. (laughs) It's (laughs) zoo books and blow markers. (laughs) Zoo (laughs) books and blow markers. All right. So yes, um, there has been a crazy discovery here in Texas and that is Uh, Up near Dallas, there is actually, because of our drought, that scientists have discovered a perfect trail of dinosaur tracks.
2: Perfect trail.
3: Perfect. So, um, after our severe drought, uh, it was found at Dinosaur Valley State Park. Okay. It has been buried under layers of sediment. Uh, Now, the park is located southwest of Dallas. Um, Now, whereas we've all had droughts this summer um let's see what else is the river has dried up completely in most locations allowing for more tracks to be uncovered in the park stephanie salinas garcia from the parks press told the news um so these newer tracks are underwater typically and are commonly filled with sediment and that means that you can't really see them because if you know what sediment is it is like grainy sand and mud and rocks and stuff like that um so it actually fills the tracks uh, the tracks date back almost 113 million years, and they belong to two species, a theropod called Acran- Acrocanthosaurus and a sauropod called Um Let's see. The first one is about 15 feet tall as an adult and can weigh seven tons. It's crazy how heavy dinosaurs weighed. Um, and the Sorrow Poseidon would be about 60 feet tall and weigh about 44 tons. Um, let's see. With the upcoming rain, they are anticipated for them to be covered again. Uh, it always depends on the amount of rainfall in the area. And we'll shoot Dallas got 8 yeah. to 15 inches of rain. Yeah, yeah. well, and right now with everything going on too. Um, so yeah, So pretty interesting. I think dinosaurs are cool. Have you guys been to uh, Government Canyon? Yes. Yeah, and you see the dinosaur
2: tracks there. Yeah, it's sweet. I have not been there. I haven't seen the, the,
3: the deal. It's cool. No, I really like that. Um, also, in case you guys have a Twitter, um, there's a. T- <laughs> There's an account right now that is putting a Velociraptor in a bunch of different movies, and it is hilarious. Oh yeah! It like it will take Velociraptor's CTI yeah. and put it in like movies, TV show scenes, nice. and even uh, like they did a Rickroll where the dinosaur or Rickroll was does a Velociraptor, and it's just a Velociraptor, <laughs> just a velociraptor <laughs> screeching <laughs> with a Rickroll <original> sound <laughs> going on. It's so Have stupid. you seen the
2: one with the black cat doing the kind of the same thing where they put him in the like Titanic? Oh, it's like, oh, yeah. do that. Yeah, oh, they that
3: put him the, in as the T-Rex. Yeah, the in t-rex. park. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. No man, I
1: cracked up for like ten minutes when I found that account. There. Let me do this. I have it pulled up. We got. I'm gonna try it on the computer, Zach, because I didn't put it on the board. Wood Tip Pickle Chip call. Ooh. So if you'll turn up the uh, sound for the computer. It's up.
0: Morning, boys. <laughs> this here is Wood Tip Pickle Chip giving you another call. Uh, you know, boys, this is it's a quite a lovely morning, okay? And, uh, you know, weather's been a little crazy, all right? But uh, we're doing good. I'm out here, out here with my pump jacks, all right? And and uh, kind of getting ready for a day. Got a little coffee, all right? A little a little whiskey and coffee okay <laughs> you know what i'm saying you gotta you know you gotta get things going right you know but uh anyhow but uh, you know boys uh i heard something uh, the other day uh, you know i just thought i need to call you boys out on okay all right and that's that bluebell ice cream all right <laughs> now let me tell you something all right y'all know okay we know what wood tip knows okay wood tip knows about big hunting, okay no fooling I, mean, I kind of got the market on it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, all right, we got to get them groceries. All right, and we get them. Okay, we get them when we get them. All right, and they're there. But, uh, you know, uh, whiskey, I know a little bit about whiskey and bourbon and scotch. Okay, you know, you pretty much just add it to your coffee. All right, maybe make you a little whiskey drink after the hunt, but that's pretty much it. You know, that's all you need to know, really. That's all you need to know. And it's nice, all right. I mean, really, I don't think there's a discussion there. Find you, find you a Dexco, and you're gonna be all right, okay. <laughs> I mean, they got everything you need anyway. But uh, anyhow, but. You know, ice cream, okay. All right, number one, okay. I'm a Texan, all right, fifth generation Texan, all right. And, um, you know, uh, well, we grew up on Bluebell, okay. Bluebell is really where it's at, okay. And so, you know, I mean, check that article. Or, you know, I don't know, but, you know, that article really sounds like some damn Yankee just wrote it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just, anyhow, so, uh, but. So little 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 fact there that I me mean, you may not know is that old that old Butts man, he you know, he decided he needed to make him some ice cream. You know, that that creamy creations ain't bad, okay, it ain't bad. Uh but when they were doing their blind taste tests, okay, they they put it up against Bluebell homemade vanilla, okay. <laughs> no fooling. no fooling. And and so they said that if they could beat uh, you know, that bluebell homemade vanilla, okay, which is tried and if they could beat that in a blind taste test, all right. Then they th- they figured they them and they probably made a pretty pretty good ice cream. Okay, And it ain't bad. It ain't bad. I will concede it. It's not bad. Okay, but you know, listen, I'm just gonna stick with the original. Okay, and uh, and you know we're gonna do all right. But uh, anyhow, so yeah, just figured I need to set you boys straight on. Little information there, okay. I'm I'm what you would call a South Texas ice cream connoisseur, okay. All right, <laughs> nice. no folding. You know that nice, you know really nice. You know what I'm saying? But uh, anyhow, but yeah, we're doing good down here, you know. And hope you boys are doing good too. So uh, this here's wood tip pickle chip, and y'all have a good week.
3: That's pretty great. I was yeah. waiting for
2: the cats again. They wondering if the cats would show up again. <laughs> But it's, oh, it's always nice to listen to the pump jacks. Oh, man.
1: We have one more call-in. Oh, man.
3: Yeah. Busy week. A little bonus one I didn't know about. I know,
1: Jim. Oh, good old, good old buddy Jim sent us a call. Yeah. This is regarding uh, our conversation about do fish feel pain, PETA? Is it ethical oh, to catch nice. and release? Okay.
5: So. Landon, Zach, Gabe. You guys touched on a hot-button issue with me regarding your posting. Landon, that's why I replied, nice C&R, keep them wet. That means nice catch and release, and you kept them underwater, which increases the survivability. That's why I said that, but also in response to the idiot who said it was unhumane and good catch inhumane is the correct English. (laughs) But just as it is true with the posting that our good friend, the Fonz, a.k.a. Henry Winkler, people should not freak out about people catching fish. And why do I say that? Despite what PETA says and what some psychologists say, the University of Wisconsin in January 2013 did an extensive study through the University's zoology department. Dr. James Rose performed the study with his students and staff and faculty and what they found was no, fish do not feel pain. Now I can go back to the empirical evidence that you boys talked about just like me. We've all caught a fish more than once. See it, catch it, release it, catch it again. I had one one time that still had my previous hook in it because it broke off and caught it again, by the way, pulled out the hook and saved it. The reason I make reference to this is the study performed by the University of Wisconsin in 2013 by Dr. Jim Rose, specifically injected acid as well as bee venom into the rainbow trout. And they said that within minutes, there was no change in behavior whatsoever. Their point of view is that fish do not feel pain. They frankly said they don't have the sensory receptors. In simple words, they don't have a brain big enough to feel pain. So no, I have no problem at all with catch and release. I strongly support it. As a conservationist, I support it. And as I pointed out to you, Landon, keep them wet, meaning the more you keep it in the water, the less you pull it out for the so-called hero shot, the more the chance of it surviving increases. But as far as pain, I'm not bothered for one second about that because scientific proof says fish don't feel pain.
3: Oh, uh, do you think I can read more about that in a zoo book? <laughs> I, I think hey. they should drink some of this, this uh,
2: <laughs> June sign kombucha and see if they don't yeah. feel pain. <laughs> <'Cause laughs> I was, yeah, was acid. That'd probably be oh, better than man, drinking this. I was listening yeah. to Jim talk and I drank. I was like, "Oh, that's cool," and I didn't pay attention. I drank my. I drank some more. I was like, "Oh God, no!" Yeah. no. but that's uh, no. It's very interesting.
3: That actually is. Yeah, I um I had not read that, hadn't heard that. So that is good to know.
2: But you know, how many times do we see, you know, guys pulling up? Fish that man—they've been clawed. They've been clawed by by you know a, a hawk or and something. They don't care. They just keep doing, keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, amazing.
3: Yep. Oh, I did. Uh, I did have an experience with a glue trap. I feel like I need to share before. before. Well, you don't have it on you, so obviously you got it with off. the glue
1: trap. Yeah. Ooh, you got some mice at the house at school. No, at school um,
3: we just have some bugs at uh, in okay. our garage in our home, right? And so, like our exterminators put some glue traps out, and uh, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, they're just gonna get spiders. They're just gonna catch some like roaches. Nope. No, so I go out to the first day, right, and I see uh, like a little gecko on the glue trap. Okay,
1: yeah, we have them all over our yeah. house. Yeah, those yeah. are cool. Guys, I love so the geckos. Yeah. they can right. live. They could be inside. I don't care. Right. Yeah. So
3: I ripped apart the glue trap. I tried to save him. He lost his tail in the process. Okay. Um. Uh. But he's did. He feel it. I don't know. He bled a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just happy to get off. Yeah. I mean, like, he's probably okay. Probably not. I mean, like, uh, I, was, I felt pretty bad trying to do that. So I threw that one away. And my dad's The there. glue trap. Not the, 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 the glue, glue trap. The okay. glue trap. No, I put the gecko, okay. like, in the corner of my yard, and I gave him a little bottle cap full of water. You know, I was like, oh, man, I felt so bad, you know. And so uh, my dad's there, and my dad actually handled it pretty well because, like, he's very much like, just kill it. Like, get it over with. And I'm like, okay, I will. Like, I'm not against doing that, but right now I'm going to see if I can save it, you know. And so, like, it took me, like, 15 minutes, and he was just, he didn't say anything. He just let me do it, you know. Um, but the funny thing is, we're, like, working outside. He was here to, to help uh, me with some projects, and, like, probably, like, three or four hours later, my dad comes in to the backyard, right? He's like, Well, you got another glue trap problem. Oh, sh- and <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, is it another gecko? He's like, it's worse. I'm like, wait, what do you mean it's worse than a gecko? Is it a bird?
4: Is squirrel. it a bird?
3: And so I go out into our garage and sure as anything, a bird has landed on the freaking glue trap in the garage.
2: Yeah, because all the bugs and stuff are yeah, on there. Yeah, exactly, right? And,
3: and they were only out there for like a day, right, the glue yeah. traps. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh. If I spent 15 minutes trying to save the gecko, I've got to try to save this bird, right? Yeah. So get the bird, and my dad's like, okay, just drop a brick, get it out of his misery. I'm like, we're saving this bird, you know? So we take the glue trap with the bird to the backyard, and I'm like, okay, Kendall's not here right now. I was like, our main priority is to get this bird off the glue trap before Kendall shows back up, okay? Now there's a legless bird flying around. (laughs) No, no. so uh, my dad's like, okay, go get some dish soap, go get some water, you know? And so I put on some gloves. And of course, the bird's going crazy the closer you get yeah. like he's trying to eat my finger and everything.
1: What kind of bird was it?
3: uh like a sparrow I, or something yeah, just like a you know like a brown bird, you know. Um. Very descriptive. <laughs> 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 nice. Know. That only narrows it down to like a million. <laughs> Small bird. Yeah, you know, it fit my hand. Does it help? <laughs> uh, not
1: you very. Not the, very smart. You did, know? <laughs> is did you see the is charging it? station in <laughs> that bird? Yeah. 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 Did you dissect it? See yeah. if it was a robot? No. My point was to save the bird. But why? Why? He was spying on you inside yeah. your garage.
3: No, it was. he was trying to eat the spider that I had to cut off first.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. So
3: we're, you know, we get the water. Actually, the water with the dish soap worked pretty well. We're okay. kind of like moving it. Um, we're slowly doing one burr, uh one, you know, one wing. We get both of his legs off. We get the other wing. And uh, we, he lost a few feathers, so he couldn't really fly. But then he popped on my hand and ran into the shed. So. To be snake food.
2: Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Let's assume he, he did fly off. He was
3: just tired. I have to tell myself that. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would yeah. tell tell myself the same thing. And then I went in the garage and I threw away all the glue traps. And I was like, I'm done with these. Yeah,
2: there's really no reason. I mean, if you're looking for bugs, borax, you know, mix borax with honey or whatever. Yeah. That's just the best thing. There's a million different things that are yeah. much better than
3: that. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, like I can do, um, if we find like a mouse, in, like we find mice inside, yeah. You know, yeah. was different. that the
2: point of the trap? Is to kind of just see what was coming in and out. To be
3: honest, I don't know why they got put one. I asked for some behind our. To I, I asked for two to put behind our toilets because we had like two brown recluses in the bathroom. Oh hell yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I, I want to put a glue trap for that. Yeah. And then um, he put some in our garage, to in our corners. Okay. You know? And so I don't know. It's just protocol. Okay. Or yeah. Never like mind. We seen brown
2: recluses. Yeah.
1: He's okay. trying to get rid of your bugs, man. He wants you to hire him again.
3: I know. I can I don't hold it against them. I asked for the two inside, and, I, and I, I saw them outside, and I was like, okay, you know, like that's a good idea. Yeah. But now I've had to like rescue a gecko, probably killed it, and rescue a bird that's probably dead. So, you know, no more glue traps. Nice. No, I, just, I felt like I had to share it.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a, good, a story. good. Yeah, it's a good lesson to see it if you haven't really messed with glue traps to see stuff stuck on it and it didn't not kill them. They're just stuck there, and they're gonna die an agonizing death. Well, they can't move. With the exception of palmetto bugs, those guys you get them stuck in there, and they can die all they want. Which is cockroaches or the big ones. Palmetto palmetto bugs are the bigger cockroaches. Really? Yeah, because they live in palmetto trees or Mm. you know, so the insides of trees, and that's why they. So if you do see them in the house, usually like not necessarily on the floor, they're kind of crawling up. You know, they just got in on accident. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Those things, though.
1: Well, great story, Zach. And Jim, thanks for sharing the yeah, research. Yeah, Jim, awesome. Yeah.
2: Sorry, Jim, I didn't mean to override. I No, totally it's always fun to it. listen to, to. I like his passion. I always like his passion on something. You know he's researching. Yeah. You know he's, he's talking about it. So. I feel like I can walk away
3: and, like, and definitely know more now. Yeah. And like, that's good information, though, know, because especially with a lot of students, like every time you fish, somebody's going to ask, like, yeah. well, don't you think you're hurting the fish? But and to his
2: point, keep your hands wet.
3: Like, just kind of keep them wet. Keep them wet. Just because they don't feel pain doesn't mean we shouldn't respect them and should right. try to
2: take care of them.
1: Yep. All right, Gabe. Oh, I forgot. You have an article, conservation?
2: Yes, C four. Share, share, share. Oh, I framed animals before. I framed a raccoon for opening a
5: Christmas present,
2: and I framed a bear for eating out of the garbage. This goes from a uh, Austin news source here: uh, Zombie deer disease strikes Texas. This was earlier in the month. Commissioners of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department are expected to discuss and propose ideas in late August. To contain the spread of chronic wasting disease, popularly known as the zombie deer disease. If their proposals are passed, it would affect hunters in south central Texas this upcoming season, as containment and surveillance zones would be created or expanded in Bandera, Duval, Jim Wells, Kimball, Live Oak, McCullum, or sorry, McMillan. Uh, Medina and Uvalde counties, according to the news release from TPWD. The chronic wasting disease or zombie deer disease is a brutal and relentless neurolog- neurological infectious disease that is fatal for certain cervids. It causes weight loss, stumbling, tremors, excessive thirst, salivation or urination, loss of appetite, teeth grinding, and Abnormal head posture, much like drinking this kombucha that we've been drinking. <laughs> well, I can, I can get him a dentist that will charge him $500 for a mouth guard. <laughs> so. uh, an infected deer typically will survive for 18 months, for, or two, two years. So 18 months, two, two years. Alan Houston, professor of forest and wildlife ecology at the University of Tennessee, explains that this disease has no cure, and once infections are introduced into wild populations, there's no realistic way to stop them from spreading. The proposal of the TPWD includes the creation of two types of control zones, the containment zones where the de- disease has been detected in capture or free cervids and the surveillance zone uh, where there is a high risk of outbreak. In both zones hunter would have to provide a sample of harvested deer in order to be tested. So, I mean I've done some hunting in the in the Dehannis area and you know you you do see on your way in um, you know stopping points for uh, the, ta- the testing, testing yeah. yeah the head testing so I and I and I've heard multiple things like they brought in some deer on a high fence part and those deer came in kind of contact with some deer that were outside of the fence and that kind of spread some stuff and you know in that whole Uvalde uh, area it's kind of a, a Bigger deal, far out. You
1: know what? We need to to get a CWD expert on the podcast. Yeah. Well, I think it's such a freaking hot topic that not many
3: people want to talk about it. Yeah, because
1: we had a contact with... We've had some connections in the past with CWD experts, and no one is willing to get on a podcast. Either
3: that, or they just don't want to talk about it once they're on, you know?
1: Yeah, because it is... I
3: mean, like it's, it's an issue. It's millions of dollars and people's lively livelihoods that's at stake, you know. Yeah.
1: Mean? And nobody wants to speak on behalf of the experts are generally employees of Texas Parks and Wildlife, and nobody wants to either yeah. put property owners on blast or put so and so on blast, well, or you have to be extreme and extremely with this But This is the
2: issue we're paying into this, right? But typically, you know. Yeah, I mean, I right. want to know, and I want someone to be able to talk
1: about it. I don't it. Disagree, it, disagree with you. I'm just explaining no, no. why Total, people yeah. don't want to come yeah. on and talk about it. There's
3: a lot of money involved, too, because people who typically have places where CWD is more likely to, yeah. s- to grow have large pockets. you know, yeah. so And they're big
2: money, or they're their own breeding groups. Right. So any laws and stuff that can affect those those types of honey. get it. But still, you know, you expect a little bit more info, and... And more public outreach. Well, I think
1: there is a lot. Like, if you go to Texas Parks and Wildlife, they're having the meetings. They're having, like, public comment. And they're, uh, you know, putting their action plan out there. And they're doing all of those things. But coming and sitting down with us is unpredictable. What type of questions are we going to ask? You know, and I think they're trying to stick to the program
3: yep and also i'll say too they seem to be doing a pretty good job of not being alarmist about it like they're worried about it right they are making sure we have our stations they are trying to get information out there but they're also not at the point right now where they're saying like it's the end of the world like this is the end for hunting in texas because it's not right now you know and even in other states where cwd is much more prevalent like they still hunt you know there's Okay so
2: so here's the next question because this kind of happened to us when we were thinking about it like we were outside of that area but yet on the way in there's the free testing would if you shot a deer up in that area knowing that it's still in a region that really isn't you know affected yet but it's on those outskirts would you take your deer deer in because i th- i don't think it's overnight they're going to tell you i think they got to send in for stuff i didn't think it was right away well no, it takes a while right so then you're going to send your stuff to get processed and all of that and if you found out your deer had it. Would you still eat your dry sausage? If
3: I found out it had it, no. I no, I wouldn't. Now, if to ans- to answer your, your first question though, like would I drop it off? I think it depends on the deer I shot. If it looked like a very healthy deer, um, I probably wouldn't. Realistically, if unless it was mandatory, like obviously, if it's the law yeah. to stop and drop it off, of course but I it's would not. But if it's in a in some s- counties, it is.
2: Some counties, it is. Yeah. If
3: I was in a county adjacent. If the deer looked healthy, I probably wouldn't. Um, If it was a smaller deer or a deer was acting a little weird for whatever reason, um, I might. I still don't know if I would entirely because it's also kind of like ignorance is bliss sort of thing. You know, we we, it hasn't made the species jump yet.
1: do you want to be that guy, like you Zach
3: Adair? You know what? A guy that made Patient the species zero. zero. I gotta die at something, right? Dude, I guess, you live you know. forever.
2: You'll live forever in that in that history of right. Oh, te-
3: you live forever in Texas history, right?
2: And Texas doesn't go anywhere. It'll always. You'll be a smiling picture of you, right, with a thumbs up with your deer, like <laughs> this is <laughs> Zach. He Think about how you many know. listeners
1: we would get if you were patient zero for. Oh shit! Yeah, man. Be <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Joe Rogan, here we come. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, me, it'd
2: be me and, uh, and Landon, just, and then Zach's like tied up in the corner, salivating <laughs> with his head down. To, like, uh. you Gabe, you're going to seen... have to run the board today. <laughs> right. yeah. You
3: guys have seen Sean the Dead. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, at the he, end hands, it? he goes out, he locked up his friend. Yeah, the at the very hand. end, So they like play video games. He's yeah. like, don't yeah. bite me. You're fine. Yeah. You're like, That's, That's how it'll be. You guys would just yeah. have to like, walk. Well, you know, hold me down, put my headset on each week, you know. <laughs> We'll bring the podcast equipment to
2: the hospital. Exactly. Yeah, Hi, Zach. How'd, you, how'd your weekend go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, that's where we're
1: at with that. All right. So we're going to move into the interview with Tim Scott. But first, don't forget that Wild Rivers Coffee Company is giving our listeners a discount of 15% off your order if you use the code Honeyhole. And they'll be on the podcast soon. But great people. They work for conservation. They make great coffee. So go support them and use our discount code Honey Hole. Honey All right, H Holes.
2: I'm glad it's coming to an end, man. This kombucha is starting to kick.
1: Enjoy the interview with Tim. And uh, we y- you'll hear it later, but we set a podcast goal of 1,000 flies donated this year to the tie So if you're interested in participating with me, Zach, and Gabe in tying 100 Flies, shoot us a message so we can get that. We, we can reach that 1,000 goal. We can do it. 100 Flies isn't that hard. No. No. No, no, Start now. Start now. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the interview. All right, guys. We have Tim Scott with us here on the podcast. Gabe, would you introduce Tim since uh, you <laughs> know a, him? You're the guy in the group that me. knows him. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Scott. Good having you. thank you for coming
2: on for sure. I know Tim from uh, the tyathon, which is an annual um, exactly what it sounds tyathon uh of d- donation that goes to a particular organization that changes every year. And, and Tim, I don't remember I think I found you guys in a in a uh, a write up, I think on one of the fly fishing magazines, and i've been I've been kind of every. Actually, every year, but every other year more like for the last at least ten years, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's been it's been a cool thing and and uh, tying and donating, and then the shirts have been awesome as well. So I have been repping your shirt here in in Texas. So know that I know there's a couple of folks that donate and send stuff up to you as well. Um, but yeah, it's just an an overall cool thing. And, and
6: Tim, introduce yourself, bud. Well, thanks guys. Hey,
1: thanks for having me on. Yeah. I really
6: appreciate it. Um, you know, um, this Tython thing is getting out of control a little bit, which is a good thing. Um, is it too
1: much for one guy to handle? <laughs>
6: no, well, we, we actually just, uh, formed a, a true 501, uh, oh, wow. nonprofit this year. Um, I have five board members, myself included. Um, yeah, it, it's getting pretty big, but, uh, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's neat meeting people like Gabe, you know, um, the good thing about it has been so, so positive. Uh, so it's just an extension of me and fly fishing and uh, a few other people that have been just passionate about it. And what we do is we literally pick out a 501, three C, um, you know, nonprofit that uses fly fishing for, um, education or therapy, and uh, we figure out if they're a good cause, and um, we ask people all over the country and see if they'll donate flies. And so far, we've had every state represented, uh, five Canadian provinces, Scotland, New Zealand, Australia. People have donated flies to that us. That is awesome. Which is pretty cool. And it just kind of it kind of exploded. Um, you know, it's we're in our sixteenth year doing this. And we've raised over 220,000 hand-tied flies. You say
1: 220,000? So,
6: 220,
1: 220,000. <laughs> wow. That blows my mind. Yeah, my
6: fingers are hurting just well, thinking right, about
3: that. And, and
2: that's, that's the yeah. crazy thing about this is because you're doing 100 flies. You're donating 100 oh. flies. So you're sitting there, and you, 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 it's trying to pick which one you're going to tie. And then once you get to, like, number 60, you hate that pattern with a passion. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a oh, it's it's still it's still fun and at the end of it all the fact you you've done 100 and that donation, it's really, you know, you're you're it's really prouding, proud. So, of
1: that. okay, Tim. So, yeah. how does it work? Kind of walk me through it as a guy that right. just learned about the tie-a-thon. If I want to participate, what what is happening? Okay. So, we
6: pick out a um a, a good cause. So, 2 years ago, we did all 26 TU youth camps. And we say, hey, everybody, we're going to tie flies for the youth camp. We'll, we'll kick off um, our program in, in like the fall. So we'll kick it off October, November, start promoting it and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to do TU youth camp. And um, here are the patterns. So we got about 12 patterns. And then we, we just say, hey, people, pick a pattern, tie 100 of flies. And so the idea was, you know back in the day when i started fly fishing you could go and buy you know a box of hooks must add hooks for you know they came in 100 packs right and just buy material for that one pattern 100 flies tie them up and donate them you know uh and if you donate them we come up with a cool design t-shirt andy kitson uh from amish trout he's on the board he um He makes up original artwork every year and we'll send you a t shirt. So for your 100 flies, you get a t shirt.
1: Wow, that's awesome. And you
6: you know it's going to a good cause. You know, you're not really, you know, you're donating something. Anybody can donate money and, you know, it just kind of gets lost in the minutiae where here you know 100 flies are going to go to someone who's going to use them. And, and that's the simple principle to the whole thing.
1: So I mail you a hundred flies and then at some point I get a t-shirt back. Do you have to sign up online or like show no, you you're can, participating?
6: You can send a, you can send an email to us. We're at Tython at Gmail. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram um, right now we're literally we're new to the we've been around 16 years but we've always done it through uh federation of fly fishers uh affiliate uh club called uh, st joseph river valley fly fishers where i was president been a member forever um but we kind of branched out on our own so so we're on facebook and we're on instagram and we're uh getting a website up and running okay
1: awesome uh,
2: Now you guys also, I can send you all that when we get it going. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys also have like a, a particular date that if we were in the area, you guys get together a whole what eight, ten hour day of everyone can tie stuff there and brisket, at least yeah. is what I saw in the past. Is that still going?
6: Oh yeah, every year we do that. So um for a 501 we're we're small. Uh, you know, the dollar amount to run it is pretty small because all we're doing is buying t-shirts and then we're having a party. So we'll end uh Tython probably in April, usually around April 15th or April 20th, whatever a Saturday is around there And anybody in Elkhart, Indiana area, come on by. We'd love to have We'd love to have you guys come up and, and hang out. And so Terry Wittorpe and I started the Tython 16 years ago. And Terry doesn't tie flies, but Terry's a hell of a cook. So <laughs> he goes, "Listen, we put together like a little culmination party. I'll I'll do all the food, and Terry does deep fried turkeys. He does great flank steaks, marinated flank steaks. He'll he'll you know he'll do everything for it. And it's a good time. There's a little alcohol involved if uh, anybody does that, you know. And uh, we have a good time and kind of wrap it all up." Uh, in, sometime in April, and see how many flies we get. Last year, we we supplied flies to Casting for Recovery of Indiana and Michigan, both of them, and um, uh, we gave them. F- they split up thirty six thousand four hundred flies last year.
1: Oh wow! Crazy, that is uh, that's crazy. Um, who is on your? Who are you guys going to donate to this year? Or have you not announced uh, it? That's a
6: really good question, Landon, because um we're gonna make a big announcement in November. November oh, so, 5th. You, we, so
1: you know, but it's it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's hush not, hush. It's not yeah,
6: we made our our decision uh at a board meeting not too long ago. Our board is pretty informal, but um yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a social media little event in Elkhart. We're actually gonna do a fundraiser. We're gonna be selling uh, since we're now a non profit we can't just rely on uh, fly fishing clubs to donate money to us. We're doing a little fundraiser. We're gonna uh, raffle off a of Winston uh, air rod um, and some Yeti stuff and a couple other things. We're gonna have a little event for that uh, to kick it off. I think that's gonna be November fifth, but we can give you all the info on that.
1: Yeah. Is, um, so is that to raise money for the shirts? Because I gotta imagine yeah. like, like you said, there's that's probably a not a lot of costs. Uh, the only cost you guys have is mailing shirts basically it seems like yeah
6: yeah and my wonderful wife helps mail shirts (laughs) yeah she's like uh very uh very business-like and control freak on that stuff and uh she helps us out but you know we got 36,400 flies off uh from about 400 people which is pretty cool. you do the math. People are doing more than butterflies. flies. Yeah, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna participate. I
1: this think year. I
2: think I did 201 year. I think it was like the second year. I think it did some Mickey fins, and that's the cool thing about it. Did he give you two t-shirts? You know what? <laughs> Good call. No one t-shirt. <laughs> Wait, just one t-shirt. Um, yeah, one t-shirt. But, sorry, but re- <laughs> regardless, like it's cool in the fact that like it doesn't have to be an intricate pattern. You can do you know, uh Clousers. You can you can do Mickey Fins. you can do woolly buggers. It's just, you know, and you don't have to be a prolific fly tire. You can just, you know, get something out, get it donated. And that's what I always thought was the coolest thing um in this. And there's been some that I've done a little bit more than I needed to and I was like, okay, that was cool. But again, that hundred, you know, it it, hundred, it, it puts it in perspective hundred. what you want to yeah. crank yeah. out.
1: And so you have do you the goal is to tie a hundred of the same fly Tim, or is that just something gabe is torturing (laughs) himself with
6: no 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 and that's the whole idea is like you know i've had people say do i need to tie 100 different flies i'm like no because think of the materials that you'd have to gather for 100 different patterns yeah you know um it's pretty economical to go out and buy enough stuff to tie 100 woolly buggers or you know elk hair caddis or something like that And the flies are pretty much, we we tweak them just a little bit for for whatever cause that we're doing. So, like, we did Mayfly Project, and I don't know if you guys know uh, Jess Westbrook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Jess is like, hey, some eggs, some scuds, and some squirming worms would go over great. So, we kind of mix and match patterns a little bit now we'll take anything from anybody really i mean they'll they'll find a home and they'll fly find a fly rod and fish uh but what we'll do is um we'll kind of put a pattern list out there and there are everything from pheasant tails caddis you know like gabe said uh woolly buggers mickey fins simple stuff plows or minnows that you could fish just about anywhere either warm water or, or for trout mm-hmm. so when we started all this, it was all for um, Kalamazoo TU Youth Camp, um, which is in Michigan. So, um, you know, they're doing a lot of trout fishing, a lot of smallmouth fishing. So, um, this is getting nationwide. So, we're expanding kind of the the causes, and we'll we'll
1: expand the patterns and
6: and adjust the patterns uh, for whatever cause we're doing.
1: That's awesome. So, Tim, what is your background?
6: Oh, my God. My background?
1: Uh, <laughs> so I'm a journalism major. I um,
6: I got a degree in photojournalism, uh, but I've kind of parlayed that living here in the Midwest. Um, being a pho- photographer, I used to be a news photographer, and I did a lot of sports. Um, uh, at one point, I worked for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, photographing all their games. And, oh, that's um, awesome. And um, USA Today, Associated Press, newspapers in Maine, Texas all over um but that's really not a family life so i turned it into marketing and sales and especially here in the midwest uh doing um marketing sales and all that for manufacturing companies we're a big manufacturing area uh where we're at in south bend and elkhart county and um right now i'm doing continuous improvement for an independent corrugator uh, plant uh, which makes boxes, you know, corrugated boxes. Mm-hmm. So they got about 16 plants all over the country. Um, so Welch Manufacturing. So I'm doing continuous improvement in that. So uh, been on city council for, been president of South Bend City Council in the past. Oh, uh, awesome! I was, I was three-term city councilman while Pete Buttigieg was the uh, mayor. Oh, wow. So So. Um, And I kind of, you know, my wife and I sat back. It was work all day, come home, do city council work. Um, And she ran a nonprofit at one point. We kind of looked at the quality of life and said, is this really what we want to be doing? And uh, so kind of stepped back, changed careers, uh, did continuous improvement for Welch. That's the latest thing I'm doing. And uh, I actually resigned from city council. Uh, cause I wasn't fishing enough. Yeah.
3: So <laughs> it's important. Yeah. That's a good reason to resign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be a full-time politician. I didn't want to do that. So, uh, you know, just, uh, got out of that business and, uh,
1: spent more time. How did Pete take the news when you told him that, uh, you were going to resign cause you weren't fishing enough?
6: <laughs> uh, well, he already, uh, he's <laughs> he was already, already gone. Yeah. yeah. Uh he was already gone. He was secretary and uh he and I have talked I haven't talked to him in a while, but yeah, he and I would um every other week uh go and have some whiskeys. Oh awesome. Um, when when he was mayor and I was president of the Southman Council and uh he's like best of luck to you, whatever you want to do, you're gonna be good. So um yeah, really cool guy.
1: Um When did you uh Tim, when did you start fly fishing?
6: Oh God. So I've been in South Bend 28 years, probably 30 years ago.
1: Okay. And yeah. what what did that look like? Cuz fly fishing then is very different than it is now as far as like uh ease of information. Uh, uh, fly, yeah. The, the whole yeah, yeah it's the all whole, different. The whole, yeah. Before now anybody YouTube, can go on before, YouTube and yeah. look up whatever they want. Uh so how how what kind of got you interested in that and how did you get the ball rolling?
6: You know, that's the interesting thing. I was still living in South Bend and um a guy worked for had a lake house and i would go down there and he lived on a little cove and, uh, he had a fly rod and he goes, yeah, go ahead. I, I never use it. And he had little spiders and there was bluegill in the cove. And I taught myself how to cast. And it was basically, um, the only way, the thing I could figure out how to do it. Cause I didn't know anything. Didn't know anybody who did it is drop that fly on the water, like a spider would be falling on the water. Mm -hmm. So I would practice that. And then a a good buddy of mine, he and I started fly fishing together. And um, it was about a year or two before I moved up to South Bend. Uh, That's where uh, my wife and I are from the same town, but she was living up here and we got married. And uh, it was so funny. So my fly rod was a Daiwa. Um, cheap. foam-handled plastic reel seat Daiwa rod that my mom gave me that a friend of hers sold fish and tackle at the Festus Missouri flea market. (laughs) You know, actually, it was Peavli, Peavli Missouri flea market, and she goes, well, here's a fly rod. I'm like, okay, I didn't know any better, it was an eight weight. She goes, well, here's a reel, and the reel was a Shakespeare uh, aluminum click paw reel for like a three weight. So I put this Shakespeare reel on this eight weight rod. It was an eight weight Daiwa rod. And I'm like, man, I'm fly fishing. And, uh, you know, so we dinked around, you know, the state parks in Missouri. Uh, There's some good trout fishing in Missouri. And then a year or two later, I moved up here. And then I discovered a block and a half from my house is salmon steelhead and a great smallmouth river the saint joseph river oh, wow and uh so my buddy from saint louis he came up and i literally am fishing for salmon we got chinook salmon running through our river in the fall with this diwa rod with this reel line wrapped on it no backing nothing tied to the reel (laughs) and thank god i didn't catch anything but uh jeff Lucemore had everything just right you know he had a reel he had everything and uh and he hooks the salmon he lands it so what do you do from you know when you're from missouri and warm water fishing you know usually bass you lip it so he goes to lip this you know uh 20 pound chinook salmon and if you guys haven't seen them they have pretty gnarly teeth and they just chomped down on us his his, his thumb and hand he's bleeding so yeah we, we don't know what we were doing so but I met this guy who uh, literally passed away uh about a year ago Marshall Jacobson who was the basically river master of South Bend everybody knew Jake uh Marshall Jacobson and he died at 98 and this guy it took me and probably a hundred other guys under his wing and showed me what a salmon looked like, showed me the gear and how to, how to line up your gear the right way to uh, catch salmon. And, uh, I caught probably a hundred salmon and steelhead on that stupid well rod before I upgraded.
1: That's awesome.
6: So, yeah. Yeah. And awesome. That was that was back in the day. So that was back in 94, Yeah, you know, that, and, uh, read a lot of books and, and have guys like Marshall Jacobson who, if you're in Northern Indiana, Marshall Marshall Jacobson, we figure he's planted probably close to a hundred thousand brown trout in Northern Indiana, which really the state of Indiana does not support. um, They do put and take, they do a lot of rainbows, Mm -hmm. which die up here by uh, August because we're 90 miles from Chicago. So you always hear about Chicago heat. Um, and they started stocking chi- brown I drought. thought
1: Chicago was cold. You're, you're telling Texans about Chicago heat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, thought it was right. like minus 30. Like, I thought it was the cold that was Chicago. The <laughs> yeah. windy city. Yeah, yeah, the windy city.
6: Yeah, it's going to be 57 here. So that's wintertime for you guys, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. So. When did you get so, a... When did you winter along the process? Did you like, oh, I'm going to start dying flies?
6: So... um we went to Dwajak River, uh, which there's a great Drake podcast that uh, talks about the Dwajak River for st- steelhead. And uh, it's, you know, 20 minutes from my house. But, you know, 60 bucks worth of Cabela steelhead flies, go up there and lose them within a weekend. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to be good. This is going to get expensive. So so I
1: talked my wife into, you know, I need to tie my own
6: flies because my oh, buddy Jeff Loosemore was tied in
1: flies. The classic move. Oh, I'll save so much, <laughs> much money, money yeah. tying <laughs> flies. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's how the so conversation
6: goes. We, we go to uh, this fly shop that was in South Bend at the time and I uh, bought 234 bucks worth of stuff, including um, uh, a vice and um and it was a regal vice i still have it still tie on it and uh my wife looked at me we walked out and she goes are you kidding we spent that much money and she goes look at your hands i got big hands i'm like six five and she goes you're not gonna tie this stuff you're gonna throw this stuff in the closet well here here we are 28 years later and uh i literally tie every day so yeah. And then then a turn into Tython. So
1: what are your favorite flies to tie or types of flies to tie?
6: Oh my god, everything. Um I got I I got a really good small mouth pattern that's a or minnow style. Uh, it's made with uh, angel hair instead of like deer hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um everything from trout dry flies to big streamers. You have you know, to say you're in an area um, where you've got
2: you could throw small stuff. You could
6: throw big stuff. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got everything. I mean, I fish from two-handed spay rods on on the river for steelhead. Um, and, and we're in the Great Lakes area. There's just uh, – I've been really lucky, I've, you know, just being in the sport a lot and being with the Tython. You get to know a lot of the great tires in, in the Michigan area from um, – you know Kevin Feenstra, Ed McCoy, um, you know uh, Brian Pitzer, uh, who has fly shops, Northern Angler, and that type of thing. Um, just big stuff. I mean, y- y- you name it. You know, we're we're tying it. Yeah. Big hex flies. You know, stuff that looks like you know hummingbirds that are mayflies. <laughs> you know, so yeah, just about anything. What do you usually Doesn't t- matter?
2: What are you usually tying for your donation?
6: You know, what I'll do is I'll do whatever is getting the least amount of, um, uh, flies. And it's usually like Adams or Clousers or, um, uh, like bluing owls. I got a great bluing hour pattern, easy to tie. I literally, you can't see it. My wife turned off the light from, um, buddy of mine's going to Montana. I just tied him 200 or, or two dozen flies, uh, in an hour. Right before we came on, so doing blueing Oliver mergers, that type of thing. Now, so,
2: and you've had some guys in the past, if I remember, do upwards of a thousand Oh Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing it for just yeah. the whole year. They're tying and then they just send up what they've what they've hit. Because That's the tie. ten T-shirts. I know. Yeah.
1: And, they're, and they're all tank tops.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, crop yeah, top no, fan. it's it's crazy. I got to update the all-time list, but we we literally keep a list of people who have tied over a thousand flies and kind of you know the thousand fly club. Yeah, that's awesome. I got to update that list, but like. Um, you guys should yeah do a, were,
1: a thousand fly club club t shirt y- yeah I didn't know yeah, you did we're that thinking, yeah. we're thinking
6: of something like that like a pin or something like that That's you know cool. we got to figure that out now now I want to be a um, part of that club I know. Right. yeah there's a guy locally Todd Azell he I think he's second on the all time list um, he literally a couple of years tied every pattern sometimes we have twelve patterns mm-hmm. he'll tie 100, 100 of every pattern. He did that two or three years in a row. Oh gosh!
5: And then there's this
6: guy Bear Owings in South Carolina who just jumped on board about three years ago, and I'll get eighteen hundred flies from that guy, twelve hundred to eighteen hundred flies every year. So he he jumped up on the list pretty,
1: <laughs> pretty darn quick. <laughs> yeah, it. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what are your so? It sounds like you tie a lot. What are your uh, top tips for new tires?
6: Um, just take your time. I, I think, um, take classes too. If there's any, you know, professional guides or tires that are out there doing classes or, are bar flies, we're going to start a bar fly program here in South Bend, um, go in and learn and watch these guys. And the biggest thing is, is keep time, you know, um, Tie 100 flies for the tie time. When you get to 50, you pretty much got it down. But, um, you know, for for new tires, it's just sitting there, take your time, and look at your proportions, kind of look at how you're going to do things, you know, how you're going to put the material on the hook. But don't be afraid to cut it all off with a razor blade and start all over
3: again. That's my my mistake because I'm always like, eh, I guess I'll catch a fish, even if it looks awful.
1: Uh, probably it will it will yeah
6: yeah and you know when i first started tying um you know i took a couple classes some you know federation or tu clubs usually have some tying classes you know take some of those uh that's the best way because they hand out the materials and learn how to tie and i took some of those but yeah you you can see i don't know if you guys that tie see the generations if you look back you got Old box or flies in your box that you tied for years back, and how much it changes. And yeah, it really changes with me. But guess what? They catch fish. Oh, yeah, you know,
1: no, so. a lot of people tie. Uh, what's what's how's the saying go? Tie to impress your friends, not the fish.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah there,
2: there's some flies I yeah. have in my box that I, or that I don't have in my box. I'm just like. It doesn't look pretty enough to show off, you know, open my box and look like, oh, even though those, like you said earlier, those ugly flies catch just as much fish, if, oh, not, yeah, more, if not more. you know, Plus, I fish them harder because I'm like, yeah, if I lose it. Yeah. You know,
6: I don't know about you guys. Do you guys do this? Like, that's nah, good enough for me. You yeah. know?
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, yeah.
6: You know? And my uh, standards are uh, low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like zoo cooters. Like, all right, I'm not going to trim out that head. Yeah, you know, you, you give it away or you put it in auction or something. You're gonna make them nice and neat. Help put it on, just trim it down so it kind of looks like a muddler and go fish it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Tim, so. what's your most uh, memorable experience fly fishing? Whether that's catching a specific fish, a memorable fish, or a memorable moment, uh, what like sticks out in your mind? So this
6: is a bit of a story, but. Um, this is probably the thing that I love the best. So, uh, buddy, of mine Jeff Stanifer and I, we go up on the um, Asabo River. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that mm-hmm. in Michigan. Yep. So, the South Branch of the sabo River is famous for some big, big trout, and we're going up for brown drakes, which are spinnerfall at night. So, we we have the spot that no one ever goes into. Um, they do now, but at the time. A lot of people weren't getting into it. It was really hard. And we fished it. Uh, we were on night number four. Up until that point, we didn't take a fish under 16 inches, everything in the 20s. Um, every night, dry fly fishing, spinners, brown drake spinners. And we took a couple 20 inch fish. Um, and we had some bigger ones that uh, we missed. So, night four, we go up there. There's a car parked where we're at. It's like, what is this? So, we go down. There's four guys on this river. And, you know, you get to your spot early. You know, you map, And, like, never seen anybody up here. They're on, There's one guy sitting on the, the log that I caught a 20-inch brown the night before on. And I'm like, mm, they don't know what they're doing. They're just pounding water. So, we're like, hey, can, can we... Can we walk up above you? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So we get up above. We're sitting on a log just waiting for the night. And this guy comes up. He kind of wades up to us and he goes, hey, is this river a good river to fish? Jeff and I look at each other and he goes, well, should we tell him? I'm like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're on world-class water. You know, this is the Sable. You're in a great spot. He goes, we don't know what we're doing. And like, okay
1: and you guys are like well yeah and we, we can like, tell We're like
6: thinking what we're gonna do and finally we're like okay what's your name my name's ray i'm like all right i go you know what you're doing he goes no huh all right all right nothing's gonna happen until this evening who are those guys he goes well that's my brother that's my brother-in-law and that's a friend of his all right, they're all sitting on the wood where the fish are. So have them move to the other side of the river.
4: <laughs> he <laughs> goes,
6: okay. He goes, you're on world-class water. Well, let's look at your flies. They, they didn't have any flies. You know, really, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And all right, we gave them some Isonicia mergers, and then we gave them some brown drake spinners. We we're like, all right, spread out. Wait till fish start rising. Because the hatches had just been incredible that week. Best I've ever seen in Michigan, far by the 28 years I've lived up here. And so we're like, we'll come down, see how you guys are doing. Get over here, put the ISO on, right at dusk, fish that for a while if you see rising fish. And then when you see bugs in there, because you'll see these, you know, just beautiful drakes, uh, flip over to that. So... Jeff and I are fishing. He hooks in like an 18-inch fish, lands it. He walks down. Completely dark. We're in this deep forest valley. You, no, no moon. Moon came up and went over the other hill. And these guys don't know what they're doing. And I hook a nice about 17-inch fish. Get it off. We weighed down. They're standing there. They don't know what to do. And uh, so Jeff was down a little farther with two. I had two. Ray and his uh, brother. And this, right where my fish that I took the night before rose, there's this 19-ish fish that just, we, we didn't know the size of it, but uh, this fish rises and just kind of toilet bowl sucks in a bug. And I'm like, you guys hear that? And in the dark, Jeff and his buddy down below, I can't even see Jeff. That's how dark it is. He goes, I heard that down here. <laughs> and, uh, I go, all right, when of you guys are going to fish this fish? And Ray's like, Ray's like, all right. His brother's like, Ray, you go do it. I go, now, you know, kind of, you can kind of see a bleached out log in the water. And I go, that thing is like two feet off of it, two feet up. I go, can you make that cast, Ray? And he goes, I don't know. It's dark. I've never done this in the dark. And Ray actually makes the cast, put it on the fish, and it ate the very first time. <laughs> fish goes nuts. Jeff and, you know, uh, the guys he was with, they turn on headlamps. We turn on headlamps, big fish. We put it in the net. We got a measure net, and it was 19 inches, and it had a little, like, uh, blue heron mark on it where it tried to get in tail. Ray, it was different than my fish, but he literally caught it on the same log. So there was a 19, 18, and a 17-inch fish taken off that log in four nights. And Ray's, they're hooping it up. They're, they're sharing a flask. They're all, and Jeff and I are like, okay. He goes, that's the biggest fish I ever caught. He goes, I've only been doing this for like two or three years. Jeff and I go, all right, how in the hell did you guys find this spot? He goes, we don't know. He goes, we all have one-year-old babies at home. And our wives, it was right before Father's Day. It was the weekend before Father's Day. And our wives said, hey, you know what? You guys get 24-hour reprieve. Go somewhere, have fun. Literally 24 hours. So they drove up. They just got in their car from Lansing, Michigan, drove up, drove into the South Branch in the Mason Track, which is public land. And they just stopped they have never been there before. They didn't know what they were doing. They just stopped and they got out because they knew they needed to start fishing because they had to be home in 24
4: hours.
6: (laughs) And and that was their fish. That was their evening. Just made it for Ray. He goes, we literally have to, by 9 a.m., get back on the road to get home and complete our 24 hours.
1: That is awesome.
6: And Jeff and I were just like, it kind of harkens back to what marshall jacobson did for us is go out and show other people how to do this
1: what a cool story so, that is awesome yeah so okay yeah. i have a question how do you fish i've never done like pitch black fishing have you guys no no how do you how do you know how can you even see your fly and know if a fish ate your fly
6: well i i used to be a news fan fata- well you'll you'll know what i mean they'll They'll hit it. Uh, we do a lot of mousing up here. You guys should try that down there. I've done it for uh, warm water
1: fish, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skating mice. Have you ever yeah. done that? Well, I, I know there's a couple of I guys. fish mice, but no, yeah. I've never done it at night. Well,
2: well, I know there's at night there's been a couple, like with the the local club does the, um, the white bass run. Yep. and they'll go and fish all evening, and they got the headlamp, and they and they do that, and they yep. just they know where some of these spots are where they're going to cast to, or maybe the moon's out enough they can see it and and throw those things out. Well, White bass so.
1: fishing, I could see because you're fishing a clouser, you make a cast, strip it back, whatever. But if right. you're fishing like a dry fly and you're trying yeah, to hit a specific percent. spot for a fish that's feeding, and then you can't see it eat, you may hear something, but do you know that that's your fish eating? If there's fish rising everywhere.
6: Maybe
2: that makes you a better, you're one one with what's going on?
6: (laughs) To the most part, you won't hear fish rising for these. You're just blindly casting. Mm -hmm. So up on the Pier Marquette, which is really known for mousing, mousing, but I do it locally. I do it on some local streams. Um, You got grassy banks. I think you, you can do it for warm water. If you guys are doing largemouth bass, I don't know if you got smallmouth down there.
2: Um, we have quads and stuff, but I'd be too worried about running into like I I don't know, a snake or something. Can't can't see.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
6: We don't have (laughs) a lot of snakes up here. That's our problem. We got too many. Yeah, I feel like every time I go
3: fish before six and after
2: seven, I'm gonna see a snake. Yeah, in the evening like that. Wow. Come on, guys. Especially water moccasins. Grow up. That's a hard pass.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, where's your dedication? <laughs> um I, I would, a snake you know, pattern. what we do up fish here. Fish snake pattern.
2: I did think about that the other day. Yeah. Big articulated, yeah. Little man.
6: snake pattern. Yeah. Oh. But up here you you kind of get the lay of the land of or the banks and you figure out how far you're gonna cast. I put a little um flashaboo. There's glow in the dark flashaboo. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'll put it on the top of my mouse like a post and light that up, and that'll kind of give you an indicator um i think sa and a few other people rio are making glow-in-the-dark fly lines Fly lines, yeah oh, and really? yep. those don't spook these fish how, how um, long are your casts?
2: How, how far out are you are you casting to these in, in the evening or in the, in, in you, night you
6: are casting to the bank but you're you're using like 15 20 pound tests you're mm-hmm. using big stuff like on the pier marquette you kind of get the lay of the land of where you're at you know usually you're doing it from a boat um and you know your cast is, you know, 10, 20 feet, and you smack it on the water, the sound helps, then you high stick it and just kind of uh, have the the bug or the the mouse swim with its head upstream and kind of drag it across the current, mm. like it's swimming across. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, a mouse will swim upstream and um, I miss like the first 10 fish I ever. this far because they just explode and it scares the hell out of you (laughs) and you know it's dark and then all of a sudden you hear this boom you know in the water and it's like you you jerk the the mouse right out of the water because you're scared you know it just freaks you out because you don't know you don't expect it to happen and some trout will come up and just slowly suck them in and you're literally fishing eight weight rods okay because uh, where we're on the Pier Market, the Manassee, the elbow, it there are thirty-six-inch Browns, resident Browns that will come oh. up and eat these things.
1: What's your biggest? It's, what's your biggest uh, trout? Mine's only
6: twenty-four inch.
1: Hey, that's a good fish. Yeah, I won't, that's not
6: even a steelhead. I won't even. Put that was
1: in Colorado. Yeah, that's awesome.
6: Yeah, but biggest. Fish total was a 42-inch Chinook salmon.
1: That's a good fish.
6: And that that's fishing a block and a half from the house. Fall, downpour rain, about 52 degrees. Just my buddy Jeff and I fishing. And you could—you knew it was halftime because Notre Dame band was playing at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you can, well, we're close enough where you can hear the Notre Dame band.
1: And probably not a soul fishing on the river either. Right.
6: Yeah, it was just us two. Everybody's oh, watching the game. Hey,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, cool, Tim. Uh, where can uh, where can people find you and the Tython and all of that information?
6: Uh, best place right now is Tython. Um, at uh, Facebook. And then Tim E L Scott, it'll, it'll come up that or Tython. I'm I'm not savvy enough to get the Tython its own Instagram page, but on Instagram, if you look up uh, Tim E L Scott, it'll direct you to the Tython. Okay. And um, right now, that's that's the best thing. We'll put up videos. I, I do tying videos, show you the patterns that we're tying. So if you you're not really sure of the pattern. That's on there, or, or, you know, PM me, and uh, I'll walk you through anything. Okay. Uh, done that for a lot of people.
1: And then uh, you said it's going to start up. Uh, when is the next Tython going to officially start up?
6: November 5th, I believe. Okay. And
1: I'll, I'll send you guys some info on yeah. that, let you know when
6: that's going to go. And then, um,
5: you know, we'll, we, we'll we got
6: it for you, too, to yeah, remind everybody. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I appreciate you guys, uh, asking me to come on and talk about it. It's
1: Yeah, this was great. It, I, I've known about it ish, but never participated cause I, Gabe has participated the past couple of years. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, he used to come. But that's this,
6: the thing is like, yeah.
1: I don't know what you guys
6: really think about Gabe, but <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, meeting people like Gabe, I, I mean, the 16 years doing this, I've only had like two bad experiences. Ooh, and we usually get, can
1: we talk about those? Because that's really good podcast content. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tell us those experiences. Uh, we don't no. have to name any names. Uh, <laughs>
6: <laughs> no, when people sit there in, and there are actually people like, uh, well, there are people in my own town that like want to um, sit there. I have one guy who, well, didn't I give you flies? I thought I gave you flies. You know, when you did, wanted credit for flies that, you know, you didn't
1: get. Yeah, gotcha.
6: And then wanted to put it on social media. Oh, wow. Literally put it on Facebook page. And I'm like, I left it up and I said, no, you didn't. I left it up for 24 hours just to, you know, not to say anything. But, and Gabe, you can attest to this. Mm -hmm. You're literally, we're literally having absolute faith in someone like you wanting to do something good to give it to us and then trust we're going to do the right thing with it. Mm -hmm. This all comes to a screeching halt. If someone thinks we're collecting flies for ourselves or selling them or doing whatever. And we list out all the recipients and anybody can call those recipients to know that they got, you know, 10 Plano boxes of flies. Yeah. Um, You know, um, but it's something that in this day and age of everybody not liking each other it's something that's just good and positive positive. and people like gabe and other people who have donated say yeah i'm going to take my time tie up a hundred flies and donate it to you and and trust that we're going to do the right thing with yeah. those flies and that really means a lot and when in we're so blessed and lucky that only like two people have tried to pull something and it just didn't go anywhere which is good
1: that's good well tim so. dang, we really appreciate you coming on this was great i'm going to participate oh, yeah. this year 100 yeah. percent i don't know i gotta got go, a go t-shirt. Yeah, we'll look, you know i gotta go back t-shirt.
2: and count i need to go back and count what i've already donated to see what i'm short for that thousand group
1: uh, yeah tim is it yeah, thousand a thousand in one year or a thousand uh combined like no just over time okay
6: so I think we got so the, the the math to it is like I think we got like sixty nine people that have donated over a thousand flies yes. and wow. um, and I, I could do the math on that again and um, um, that those tires usually represent about sixty or no eighty percent of the flies that we get that group that we that has donated but like Todd Azell, who i mentioned earlier he's our at seven seven thousand five hundred flies donated yeah
2: yeah it's pretty neat so, when you're doing the updates on the facebook page you know showing like hey we you know so and so had donated this much and it's just like man that's that's crazy <laughs> that's, that's crazy you know yeah. it's it's awesome but yeah. i'm just sitting there like man i I just got through these hundred i don't
6: know man yeah. two thousand forget oh, it oh those other thing is just quickly shout out to uh texas women fly fishers they've been stepping up them in colorado women's fly fishers and uh fly girls in michigan those organizations have really have stepped up and if you guys know any uh fly clubs or anything that want to do that this goes to their credit for their nonprofit too you know that they're donating to yeah, we, other nonprofits. i'll
1: let that i'm a member of the alamo fly fishers here in san antonio and cool. uh, I'll make sure that they get the memo too, because I there that's a big time tying group. More than I would say, I'd say it's almost more of a fly tying club than. A yeah, fly I fishing feel club. like it's. More I mean, a fly it's a fly fishing, fishing club. club, but the yeah. guys that are in there are really into tying, um, and so I'll make sure that they know about it. And uh, Gabe had <laughs> mentioned too that you guys have donated real recovery in the past, mm-hmm. which we all volunteer yep. on the retreats. So that's yep. awesome.
6: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, anybody. You know, we we do a lot of Zoom, uh, or I do, do a lot of Zoom presentations for people, and and now that COVID's kind of wherever COVID is, um, <laughs> people are traveling. You know, yep. we've been traveling and doing some fly fishing, but um, down the road we're going to look at uh, doing some personal uh, visits to clubs or anybody that wants us to come out and talk. Okay, awesome. But we'll always do it by Zoom. Yeah, anytime.
1: Well, thank you, Tim. I really appreciate it. We'll, what we're going to do is post the link to the Facebook group and the Instagram page in the description of this podcast. So if you're listening right now, you cool. can just scroll down and read there. that. It'll be there. So make sure to go follow Tim and then sign up for the Tython. I'd like to set a personal uh, a honey hole goal. Uh, well, there's three goals. I mean, uh, uh, at least 300. Yeah, we a 300. honey hole goal. I think that us and our listeners – what do you think is hard but attainable? 800 300. flies?
3: 300. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight, 800 flies. Let's do 1,000 even. 1,000 even. Let's, let's do
1: 1,000 even.
2: Let's see if we can get it. I know, I, I know I'm know. i in for 100. I know you guys are in for 100. So that's 300. Yeah. So that's we 300 need right seven
1: right more listeners to donate right. 100 flies. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so if you guys are a listener and you donate 100 flies, shoot us a message.
6: All right, Tim. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, it's you. been a
2: pleasure. This is awesome. Yeah, thanks for doing this. I mean, it's funny, like... I feel like I've known Tim forever, but we've only talked like maybe four or five times on the phone. (laughs) I mean, we've we've Facebooked and and DMed a lot and stuff and, and, you know, talked about fishing and all that. So, dude, thanks again for coming on and appreciate it. And, dude, nothing but but the best for for you and and for the group and for the tie-a-thon. Look forward to, uh, to the future and we'll go from there, man
6: thanks guys really appreciate it it's been a uh, pleasure to be on and anytime you guys want to talk any other type fishing stuff uh i'm always here
0: awesome awesome thanks tim look in the description below to find links to our website online store youtube channel facebook instagram tiktok discord server and blog please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week.